This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is Dan Clark. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. And uh, this is a split screen Zoom podcast interview with one of the finest young men in the history of the University of Utah football program. And that's why I didn't want to miss this opportunity. I'm coming to you from a hotel room in Florida, but it's as we're as if we're live because I've watched number 57 when he goes onto the field while he's playing every play, never takes a playoff. I watch him come off the field. I watch how he interacts with his fellow teammates, how he leads, how he encourages, how he gets excited. And I watch how you kind of prepare and kind of get your act together so that you're ready to go to war the second the defense is called back out on the field, which is really cool because not every superstar does that. Not every player keeps his head in the game for all 60 to 70 plays. So right out of the shoots, Keanu, I wanted to compliment you that my seats are on the fourth row. I watch. I'm so close that – my compliments have to be taken seriously because when uh, when I have an opportunity to interview you, my job, which I say every single podcast, is to ask the questions that all the fans want to know. And now to come to find out you're the best looking of all the athletes <laughs> on the team, make sure you play this podcast interview for your mom and for all your fellow D linemen because I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up. So take your helmet off every once in a while, flash that million dollar smile, you know, get some get get some NIL money coming your way, baby. You should be driving a new flipping car by Friday. So I appreciate that. Keanu, and I want to make sure I say your name. I love saying Polynesian names, man. Tanu Vasa. Yes, sir. Tanu See, I got it down, man. You got it down. I'm not Holly brother. Come on, Prof- man. You professional already. Hey, Tell us where you grew up. So I grew up in the Inland Empire of California, um, originally in Chino so Hills. So that's, that's, yeah, what is it called? It's called Chino Hills specifically. Chino Hills. Okay, the Inland Empire, that's like central California. So Inland Empire, is that Fresno? Is that Visalia? Is that, or no? A little bit lower. It's it's kind of like towards the inward skirts of, uh, or out of the, the outer skirts of uh, Los Angeles. So uh, like a... Uh, like Torrance, Cucamonga, Alhambra, Hawthorne. Um, oh, yeah. Those places over there. Yeah. So who was in your league? Um, so so ultimately when I went to high school, I actually went to Mission Viejo High School. So in my league was uh, huh. Santa Margarita and, and, and those types of those schools over there. Such a great high school. I've spoke, spoken at Saddleback College a few times. They got a good program. Oh, very, good. very good program. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So tell us about your home life. When did you start playing football? Tell us about your family. Uh, home life is uh, I got two brothers and two sisters. I'm number four or five. Um, my my dad played football. My mom played softball. Uh, so, oh. so growing up, every, everything was sports. Um, after after Jesus Christ and after you know family, it was sports and education. Those were those were two go hand in hand. Um, and so. I, I can't remember a time I didn't have a ball in my hand, whether it was a football, a basketball, uh, even a baseball. I, I never really was good at baseball, um, but it was it was anything to keep me incorporated in sports because sports were a part of our family's life. Um, so much so, that, so much so that we have you know my sister who played volleyball, my my other sister played uh, soccer at Southern Virginia, my brother who played at Dixie State down in St. George, um, 
I'm here at the University of Utah. My little brother down uh, down in Lone Peak right now. Very cool. I've got a nephew's uh, starting pitcher for Dixie State down there. What a hoot! Right on. He's a sophomore. So, uh, did you always play D line, or did you go both ways? Tell us about your high school experience. Uh, high school experience was when I when I put my hand in the dirt. Uh, prior to high school was when I got my glory days of uh, throwing the ball as a quarterback in eighth grade and and no way absolutely absolutely I was a, very cool if I had stuck with it probably would have been a five star quarterback just just tooting my own horn but yeah well, yeah there's not a whole lot of five star quarterbacks I mean there's not a whole lot of any quarterbacks who are your size man come <laughs> on baby. can you imagine it would have been like a Big Ben show so. What a hoot. <laughs> so did you play multiple sports in high school then? I did. I did. Football and basketball were my main two and, and a little bit of rugby on the side. Okay, so let's talk about the significance of what really is popular in our in our world right now. Even from a young age, coaches and parents are trying to get their kid to just focus in on one sport. Mm. And obviously now I know why you have quick feet. Now I know why you have quick hands. I mean, that matters when you're a defensive lineman. Absolutely. A lot of fans don't understand that. So what did you learn from basketball that helped you be a better football player? Um, basketball teaches a lot of lessons similar to defensive line, and I'd say probably any position. Um, mine specifically transfers to defensive line because that's where I play. But basketball teaches teaches you know camaraderie with your teammates, understanding where they're at and where you need to position yourself. And so it helps me to understand the defensive scheme all in all. It helps me to understand you know if someone's rushing off the edge, then you obviously need someone up the middle so the quarterback can't escape there. It's the same in basketball defense. You also learn, I mean, quick feet, explosiveness, um, understanding that that you need to move their body one way in order to go the opposite, right? If you're trying to go around someone and, and that's the same as a D lineman. We're just, I personally believe defensive line is basketball without the ball. It's moving their body so I can get to the hoop, which is ultimately the QB. And, and that's how I see a lot of my football moves. What a great, great analogy. So I got most of my glory my junior year in high school. And then I got hurt my third game of my senior year. So I thought all my scholarship offers were, were going to go, Bye-bye. Mm. But because I played basketball, the football coaches could see my agility, could see what you're talking about, and still offered me my football scholarships. Wow. So what would you say to parents and, and, and Little League high school coaches to wake them up that, yeah, that we need to encourage us to play more than one sport? I played football, basketball, and baseball, mm. and you would know this more than anyone. When you go from football to basketball, you're in great football shape, but suddenly you're in lousy basketball shape because you're using different muscles. Right. So cross training, the mindset of cross training that comes from multiple sports, that's pretty good. Teach us, talk to the parents right now, the high school coaches of what you think they need us need to encourage us to do as young men. Um, in order to bless any kid who wants to be a part of a sport, the best thing that you can do is put them as a multi-sport athlete. Um, playing in multiple sports, just like you said, it, it allows you to be able to utilize multiple different muscles. And so as I transferred, like you said, from football season to basketball season, I recognized that maybe my explosiveness was not as top shaped for basketball as it, as it was where it needed to be in football. Um, and so then I was able to get top shape for basketball. Um, which made it so much so easier. When I then went back to football, I was more explosive in football. 
because it, it just evens itself out. There's so much that is correlated with playing multiple sports that a lot of people, like you said, don't realize go into it. But when you actually play multiple sports, what goes into it is and what comes out is a lot better than, than just working on one, one skill the entire year, one sport the entire year. This podcast episode is supported and brought to you by Strong Auto Group. Thank you for your support of the University of Utah student-athletes. And you're the perfect guy, Keanu, to ask, so how do you take what you're learning in football and apply it to life? Mm. Because I got hurt, pretty seriously hurt at the end of my football career way before I was ready to, to hang up my cleats. And so my message to the world when I'm asked to speak is what I learned from football that helped me become a man, what I learned from football that helped me become a good husband and father, what I learned from football that helped me become a businessman. So right now, this is the perfect transition, man. You're such a mature kid. Teach us about what you learned from football and sports and competition that is helping you off the field to be such a fine character-based human being. I think ultimately, I mean, off the top of my head, there, there's a lot of things you could think of. Off the top of my head, I'd have to attribute two characteristics that I go about in life that I've developed in football. And the first would be diligence. Um, diligence is not just consistency, but it's it's tenacious consistency. It's um, persistent consistency. It's going after something day after day, not just to do it, not just to go through the motions, but to be deliberate in every footstep, every minute, every action. And so that's something you need in football if you want to be a great athlete, if you want to reach the collegiate level and, and, you know, future professional level. It's not just consistency, but it's diligence that I believe has helped me in football that carries out into life. If you're not diligent in your relationships, they'll fall. If you're not diligent in um, your work, you'll lose. If you're not diligent in, you know, waking up every day, making your bed, you're, you're your kids are going to recognize and, and develop un, un, un good habits or, or bad habits. Um, and I think second, it would be um, dealing with adversity. Um, the biggest part of football is not what you do when you're in the, the theater of the arena, right? It's what you do behind the scenes. It's what you do when you're lined up and you're tired and you don't want to wake up in the morning because my legs are sore, right? We just played Oregon State, and I wake up the next day and, oh, I'm tired, but, but I'm driven because we lost. I'm driven, and so I'm going to wake up regardless of how I feel, and I'm going to go about it. Adversity struck. What am I going to do now to bounce back and go? And, and carrying that into life is you don't know. You never know what's going to happen in a day. You could be fired. You could lose a loved one. You could um, – spoil a relationship but what are you going to do despite that are you going to pout or are you going to be able to go back to that person and and love them up right be build that relationship from 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 the start or go back to work and and find a new job or you know whatever the case may be may be it's diligence and adversity are two things i've learned in football that completely correlate and bless me in my own life well yeah resilience i always say you never judge a man when he's up you always judge a man when he's down People don't really give a rat's walk if we've ever succeeded. They want to know, did you ever fail? Did you ever fall down? And then what did you do about it? Absolutely. Good, 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 Fiona. So uh, growing up in a competitive athletic family, uh, are you more receptive to somebody getting in your face, your dad, your mom, your coach getting in your face saying, you freaking wuss. 
how dare you, Bob, I'm going to rip your lips off. I'm going to kick you off the team and send you, you know, put you on a train to New York. Or are you the kind of guy that basically wants somebody to put their arm around you and say, you know, we all make mistakes. Uh, get up and go again. I love you. You know better than that, blah, blah, blah. Which, which style do you respond to better? Responding to better, I, I probably would say I respond better to uh, probably more high love than high expectation. Um, uh, you know, I love to be, I love to be loved up on. And so it's always, it's always a blessing when, you know, there's someone like my pops there to, to help me do that. But I think there's, you need both, right? I think you need tough love, which is the tough, someone being on you and love being, you know, them have, you know, having high love for you and high expectation go hand in hand. And so I think you need both of those, but I think personally I respond better to high love probably. I love it. Okay. So let's get personal. How do you, uh, how do you get ready for a game? So if it's a 12 o'clock kickoff at Weber State versus a 7 o'clock kickoff at UCLA, you notice I didn't bring up Oregon State. So how do you get ready for the, the games at two different time frames? Teach us. Um, I think personally, uh, the start of game day, I start – I am a high-emotion person. Um, I'm very high-intensity, and so I'll wake up early in the morning. My, my body won't rest because I know that it's game day. I wake up and, and my blood starts pumping and it's not pumping normal on game day. It's, it's flowing. <laughs> <laughs> and so because it's flowing, it's, it's sometimes so early. It's like, okay, calm down. You know, we got, we got a long way before the game. There's a couple hours, you know, you, whereas when we played at 12, it was like, oh, we got five hours. Whereas, you know, playing at seven o'clock at night when we played Florida, it was like, dang, man, I got a whole day. And so a big part of my daily routine is starting off with a simple, you know, prayer, uh, starting off with giving glory to God, asking for him to help me. Um, and then it goes into light music is like Jack Johnson, something smooth to, to calm the blood down, yeah, slow baby. it down. Because if well, it is over the rainbow, come on, baby. <laughs> I love it. Or, <laughs> absolutely. So something like that smooth. And then as we ramp up a little bit, you know, getting closer to the game, it's, it's a little bit more. I love motivational speeches. Uh, that's a big part of my life is understanding what made someone else great because that'll, that's what's going to be helpful to make me great. Learning breaking my heart because I know you haven't ever listened to any of my videos or my podcast or anything. So I'm going to off the air. I'm going to make sure you start listening to my stuff, man. If I haven't heard of it, I probably will go start listening to it after Come today. On, baby. Come on, baby. Uh, okay, keep going. So, and then, so how do you how do you manage your emotions? I mean that that's a great lesson for all of us because you know you're going to take a test. A lot of people say I don't take tests well, and I'm like, well, that's a lame excuse. You better figure out how to do it. Right. And what you're saying is you just got to regulate your emotions and take us a little deeper into that mindset. What do you do? I think it's I think it's bad to push away human nature. You can't push away what you have if anxiety is going to be there. Nervous is going to be there. But can you control it is, is really what I see. It's, it's anger is going to be there. Frustration is going to be there in, in that moment when you made a mistake in the game. But can I, can I siphon that into the next play? Can I siphon that into the next quarter? And so emotion is going to be there. You can't push away who you are. You can't push away human nature. But what you can do is become mentally strong to utilize that to your own capacity and then go hit the problem with that much energy going forward. So do you ever make up stories to get you fired up? Like you're looking across that and that you look at that offensive tackle and you're like, you just freaking hit my mom. Uh, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Do you ever have to go there when you're tired and you got to get fired up? 
I, I think I, when I was younger, I used to do that. When I was younger, it was like, you know, this, this guy stole my lunch money, right? Something like that. Um, and now it's become just understanding what the real life behind it is, is is this man could stop me from from getting my dream to actually get my mom the house or, or the car or or provide, you know, what they gave me when I was younger, you know, food, a date night that I could give them later on. He's in that way. He might not have punched my mom because if he would, we would, the pads would be off, you know. <laughs> we wouldn't be playing football, and he wouldn't be standing anymore if he did that. Um, but more so it's the fact of what's the reality behind it is my dreams are one step behind that man. Can I get there? I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Okay, so how do you recover on the field when you miss a tackle or you get a double team and they run up the gut and you, they go for six and you take it personal? How do you recover for the next play? Uh, left to my own mind, I, I get very clouded. But when I make it not about me and I see that there's others with me, it, it helps me to clear my mind. Um, and so it's not just about me playing this game. It's it's I'm going to go and I'm going to go talk to Junior Tafuno. Or I'm going to go talk to Logan. I'm going to go talk to Karene. It's who can I get, get behind to show me some love? Who can I go tell, come on, we got this? Because working with someone else allows me to get out of my own head and recognize mistakes happen. You know, And these guys still love me regardless of my mistakes, so I'm going to go about my business the next play. Okay, so let me ask you a real hot topic, okay? So my seats are on the fourth row on the 50-yard line. So when you need a little love, you just take off that helmet and look up at me and my whole family will just wave at you, man. You're such a stud. But here's the question in, in my section. So let's go back to the end of the uh, UCLA game. Okay. Where the defense just for the last, not just the last series, but the last two series, you just kind of like came unglued. You were so fired up, the momentum, the emotion. I mean, and you get the sacks and you get, you just freaking dominated them. You literally dominated them. They had no clue. They were like, they were like on roller skates for two, two series. Right. Right. And then you take another part of the game where you're playing flat so teach, remember, my job is to ask the questions that everybody wants to know the answers to, dude. So I'm putting you on the hot seat. I love it. So when you feel like you're flat, when you, and we were, I've been on the field, I, I played for 13 years. We know when the emotions shift in and stuff. So you're so, I, I love talking to you, dude. You're so <laughs> insightful. What can you do on the field? Remember, once the play, once the game starts, the coach is stuck on the sideline. We always hear it. I hold heard it my whole career. Somebody's got to make a play. Who's going to make a play? Coach is stuck on the sideline. Who's going to make a play? It has to be somebody on the field. So teach us about the difference between you guys being so freaking fired up those last two series against UCLA and seemingly a little flat in other games and other parts of games. What do you what do you do to recover to get back up at that highest level, and why do you think you fall back to a complacent level? And it's it's almost like we we stop playing to win and we start playing not to lose. We don't have that fire in the belly for some reason. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking collectively. You know what I mean, right? So uh, philosophize on that one, Guru man. <laughs> I don't know about the Guru. I, I think I just yeah, been blessed. I just got a lot of a lot of experience. Um, is what I would call. You're awesome, man. You're so good. Um, the difference is huge. 
the difference between the two of, of, of being at the top of your game and, and, and being where you feel flat or at the bottom is um, it's difficult to, to get out of your head. Um, I feel like your mind is your greatest uh, – um, uh, trying to think of the term – your greatest uh, blessing and, and your worst enemy. Um, and so in both of those situations, your mind is functioning at, at a high level. It's either functioning to your benefit or it's functioning to demean you. And so with that going on, you have to get out of your head sometimes. You have to just allow yourself to recognize that there's more than meets the eye than that play, than, than that, um, you know, than that three, three, those three downs that you might have made a mistake. That, that experience needs to be let go of. And if you don't let go of it, your mind is going to continuously keep you there, which will continue to make the rest of the downs in the game terrible. And so you have to get out of your mind. And a big part of us as a defense that we do is we're always on the sideline building unity, right? And in this offseason, a, a big part of what made our defense who we are was recognizing that we're nothing left to ourselves, but we're everything when we're unified. When, when we're together, there's no one that can stop us. And, and, and that's, that's what you saw in those last two series of UCLA. It was, I, I wouldn't be able to get a sack if it wasn't for the guy covering behind me. Otherwise, that quarterback could get the ball out immediately. And, you know, with Karene's pick six, is if there's no pressure, how is he going to be able to get up and, and get in the quarterback's face and, and read that play? It's left to our own selves, we're nothing. But when you put a unified team together, then they become – relentless they become suffocating to any offense and so the difference between the two moments are is going about your business in a way that you get out of your head when you're when you're down and even when you're high right I've had moments on the field where someone's walked up to me and said oh you're having a hell of a game man you know keep going and that messed up the rest of my game because it was, I'm so in my head, I'm too good, you know? And, and, and you can be too high sometimes. You can be too, too full of yourself. And there's times when I'm too down. It's, oh, I missed that tackle. I'm, I'm the worst player ever. You know, I shouldn't be starting, you know? You get these moments of, of, of too high and too low. And ultimately, at both times, you need to get out of your head and recognize, be where your feet are. And just play ball, play ball, and be where your feet are. This podcast episode is brought to you by Strong Auto Group one of our most loyal and dedicated sponsors of University of Utah student-athletes. Yeah, but like, like in two series, you went from a second-round draft pick to a first-round draft pick, man. Just, I mean, it was like, here we go, baby. <laughs> I, it's yeah. like some of you are here that the Cowboys are here scouting you, you know? It's kind of like, you know? Yeah, for sure. So are, are you married? No, sir. Got a girlfriend? I do. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to check. Just, just you know, that's good. Uh, so let, let's get let's get personal. So, what's your uh, what's your favorite food? Probably anything that mom cooks. Uh, but what I ask for on my <laughs> on my birthday is uh, she makes her, her homemade wings, and those things are to die for. Yeah. I just said Quinton. I said, "What's your favorite food?" He said, "Wings." I'm gonna have all you guys over to the house. We will, we will. You'll be weighing like 362 when you walk home, man. It's gonna be good, baby. Wings, wings, wings. We'll dominate some wings, me and Jaquin together. I love it, man. I love it. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I had one of your linemen tell me Harry Potter. I'm like, 
kind of dude. Um, if, if an opposing team's offensive coordinator hears that, he's going to run over your hole every play. Right. <laughs> That's funny, man. Because he, you know, without his wand, he's not going to do nothing on the field. No, man. Come on, dude. Don't give me your secret sauce. What, what's your favorite movie, man? Um, uh, man, trying to think. Uh, one that comes to mind immediately is uh, "Remember the Titans." You know, it's a football movie. Oh yeah, it's a mental strength movie. It's uh, about being oh, a yeah. nasty team and and just going about life. You know, trying to achieve a goal, and that's uh, how I you know try to live my life. It's similar to the movie "Remember the Titans." You know, after I got through playing, I coached at Skyline High School for six and a half years. We won the state championship once, and our our uh, defensive coordinator, he played safety for the University of Utah. He actually went to one of those two high schools in Virginia where Remember the Titans took place. Oh, wow. Great Eldrocker, an old University of Utah alum. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, bud. So uh, I ask everybody to do this. I want to know why you chose to come to the University of Utah. And I want you to look in the camera and talk to every parent and every high school kid out there in America of why they should choose to come to Utah. What makes our program so special and uh and i just want to remind you of the reason why you know you go to baylor it's like a home game mm. pac-12 championship it's like more you fans than anybody i've been to all of them yeah and it's because you guys represent us so perfectly we are so proud to be hooked with you guys on the field you're just such character based young men and now I'm so glad I got to see the million dollar smile and hear how smart and articulate you are. Holy cow, bud. We got to talk off air. I got an idea. But just look into the camera and give the best sales pitch to every parent and high school kid of why they need to come to Utah. What makes our program so special? Um, all right. Um, the best sales pitch that I can give is if you were to become a coach and you were to develop a player to become the best of their ability, right? If you were the one that was going to be that coach for your kid and you were sending them off to a university and you could do everything perfect, that's how almost the University of Utah is ran. It's dang near perfect. It's There is nothing that is missing, in my opinion, that I don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't walk around the hallways without seeing any player whether whether they're the highest paid player on the team or or, or someone who, who just walked on last week is they're said hi to by me, by the coaches, by the head coach. They're asked about their grades, if they're pursuing their dreams. They're asked about their career. They're taken care of as if it was a loving parent, and that's that's what really all you could ask for. Um, anything that you could think of, uh, if you want someone, a culture that's has high love and high expectation, someone that's going to love your son extremely, but also push your son to be the best that they can be. This is the place for them because you will not just be allowed to slack off, but you will not be pushed away to the side because they don't like you, because they recognize that you're in a, a down moment of your life. It's these coaches understand what real life looks like, and they understand that they love and care for your kids. And so best place to be University of Utah. And, and, and like, like Dan said, um, when you do get to perform, whether it's on the women's basketball team or, or like me on, on the football team, it's we travel heavy. You know, I just talked to the to the students last week um, at, at a pep rally, and I was like, man, we love you guys, you know, because our students represent and our, our parents represent and our generations of Utah people represent, you know, just like Dan said at that um, 
a game in Texas, in Waco, Texas. Hey, you you look up in the stands, you think it was a Ute, Ute, Ute game, you know? You think it was that that was Rice-Eccles Stadium over there. But it was, you know, obviously their stadium. And, and that's just a tribute to our fans and, and the people that are connected to us. That's attributed to the Utah football family, and, and it's everything over here. And so there's no better place to go or to be than the University of Utah. This podcast episode is sponsored by Strong Auto Group, one of the premier supporters of University of Utah student-athletes. And like I said, we're so proud of you because you are the, the message. You know, you're, you're playing for more than just yourself. You're playing for all the old youths. You're playing for guys like me who got hurt at the top of my career and I couldn't play anymore. You know, I'm sitting there just wishing I could go down on one more kickoff, just play one more play, and it's never going to happen. So... I get a chance to leave, live my broken dreams through you, which isn't always good if a dad's trying to get his little boy to do that. But I thank you so much for the man you are off the field who just happens to be an awesome football player. And we wish you all the luck in the world. This is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark, with Keanu number 57, D-tackle, D-inside, outside. No matter where you go, man, you, you, you make a difference. You plug the hole. You pressure the quarterback you get the sack and maybe we just need to choreograph a dance if you ever pick up a fumble and make it to the end zone i'll go head to head with kyle if you take a 15 <laughs> flag for doing something real cool so we'll have to work on that after practice sometime we'll have to see <laughs> what we can formulate <laughs> i love it thanks Gato. god bless you man you make us so proud i appreciate and, uh, you the best for the rest of the season thanks thank, man thank you dan it's been a blessing Thanks. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.